0: Broadcasting from the south side of St. Louis, this is Real Spoilers, a bonus episode. Just to get all the quick stuff out of the way, obviously you know where to follow us. This is uh, at Real Spoilers on Twitter. Feel free to join the League of Show Shares where you can talk about all the good stuff uh, on the trailers and the new episodes and you can join in the conversation there. One of the things that I feel like movies do that we don't really talk about much are soundtracks. And they introduce people to new songs, new, uh, new bands, things like that. And we don't really talk about soundtracks on the show very often. I know we've had Orlandez on the show, who if I uh, open that door, he's going to bust right through it with a wrecking ball. No pun intended. Uh, But there's one person in St. Louis that I felt like would be a solid person to talk to. If you're not from St. Louis, you know that St. Louis does have the longest running rock radio station in the country. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Learn, who is now in charge of the Afternoon drive?
1: Yeah, I just switched over for 2020. Um, I went from mornings, which John Hewlett and I hosted for eight years together, and now I'm hosting my own show for afternoon drive from two to six.
0: Look at that, moving up yeah. in the world. I know. And so, are you? Are you born? Are you a St. Louis kid?
1: I'm an Illinois girl, so I. That's um, close. I grew up in like Carbon like near Carbondale, and then I moved to St. Louis when my mom got remarried. Whenever I was like thirteen, so, but I've always stayed like on the Illinois side of the suburbs of St. Louis.
0: All, all right, I mean we're Cardinals fans, right?
1: Yeah, my mom was, a <laughs> that Royal was there.
0: Fan. Was a long enough pause where I was like, "Oh no."
1: Well, no, I don't really care about sports. So, like, asking me, like, I my family, yes, like my. Mom and my stepdad were Cardinals fans. My mom was a Royals fan. Like she almost named oh, me no. after George Brett whenever I was born in '85. So, hey,
0: what was she gonna name you?
1: She was gonna name me Brett. Well, as okay. a that could
0: work twofold, right? Because you get the Golden Brett, you get a little Brett Hall. That that could work.
1: Yeah, no, it it would have been really cool to have my name be <laughs> Brett as a girl. I just think that like the ambiguity the ambiguity of like names is so great. So That's awesome! That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, and you've been on, you've been at Kashi. you said for the last nine years?
1: Well, for eight years, I, I was, a, I'm a full-time air personality, but I've actually been at Kashi for 12 years. Oh, So I worked in the marketing promotions department before I, uh, got to where I wanted to be, which was in programming and on air.
0: I was going to ask what made you do the jump? Is that, that's, that was the goal the entire time?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I think anybody who studied mass communication or gets a degree in radio that, you know, they just try to get their foot in anywhere they possibly can. And usually the promotions department is the perfect uh, doorway to get into where you really want to go because it's the ah. most manual labor hardest working part of a radio station is the promotions department honestly. So um yeah from there I just kind of stepped uh stepped up into programming and that's where I've been for 8 years now. Well that's fantastic. That's I we're happy
0: actually uh I'm usually asleep during the day because I work oh, nights. But uh, I usually wake up and I hear the the afternoon drive Casey is kind of the the station of choice at this point. Uh so I, it's fun that I get to hear you know you you've made it uh, to the afternoon drive. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So the goal here on this one is I figure if anybody is going to, unless it's Orlando's going to talk about soundtracks, I feel like it should be you.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I was happy when you asked me to do this because I have always loved soundtracks. Like I remember being a young kid and, you know, the easiest way back in the day to get as much eclectic music from many different artists, you know, instead of just compilations, it was soundtracks because, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, Joe, but I grew up in the 90s where I'm also movies...
0: I'm also a 90s kid.
1: OK, so you get it. So like you're, you know, movies really were collinear to living. for yeah, us. No, you know?
0: absolutely. Blockbuster or <clears throat> excuse me, not blockbuster. If yeah. you're old enough like that's right. movies were a, a big part of Fridays and Saturday nights.
1: Yes. Like I remember going that we had this little uh, mom and pop movie shop called Circus Video. Oh,
0: that's fantastic.
1: And I would go in there, you know, with my girlfriends every fr- like you said, Friday and Saturday. And we would get, you know, a scary movie, a funny movie and like a romantic comedy movie. And we would uh, pop them in. And some of some of them we had seen a million times. You know, this is before people really started having easy access to dvds and stuff sure, you know it was sure. like if you wanted a movie it was vhs and it took so long to rewind it you had to have the damn you know re- the actual rewinder uh yes box that would yes. do it and so um for us growing up we would rent the same movie a million times in a year just because we loved the music and we loved the you know the messaging of the movie and so whenever cds kind of became more affordable i remember just splurging on soundtracks what and, was your um, go-to
0: like it, it, movie wise, what was it like if when you were going to that mom and pop shop? Yeah. What was the go to? What was the one uh, you say you've rented one a bunch? What was the one that you loved the most?
1: Oh, my God. Like I, I probably rented Clueless, you know, 750,000 times. Yeah, like, there <laughs> it is. Absolutely.
0: You know? a little a very young Paul Rudd.
1: Oh God! And who never ages? He's the vampire. Yeah, of cinema. him and
0: Keanu. Like I don't, I don't know what know. has happened or what deal they've made with the devil. But
1: those dudes oh, they're never gorgeous. <laughs> um, you know. And then also, like uh, God, I'm thinking of like what else? Like oh, we used to rent, you know, scary movies like Candyman and um, which Halloween. they're remaking.
0: What's that? They're remaking Candyman.
1: I know. I won't. I won't see that. Oh I... no. I know. I don't do the like they wanted to remake the Crow too, or they try, or they're, All right. they're going to. So you're and you're, I, you're
0: opening a, a door here, and I hope yeah. you're ready for what's on the other side.
1: No, I'm not, but I. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm I'm somebody who has a real problem, and I guess this is me getting older. But I have like, for instance, I love coming to America. It, I sure. It was my childhood movie growing up. Like I used we we had it. Um, You know, we stole it off of HBO, and I would watch it at my grandma's house, like full frontal nudity, all that stuff.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) I like. I learned my humor from Eddie Murphy, and I like. You know, the fact that they're remaking that, like, I might. Oh no, it's a sequel. Oh, is it a sequel? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a sequel. Yeah, it's not a remake.
1: I will go see that because (laughs) there's something very special about that. But, yeah, these other movies, like, all the Disney movies that have, be, oh, have been redone, yeah. I have not seen them, and I won't.
0: <laughs> I, okay, so I have two girls. I my, my oldest is eight. My youngest is three. And we took the oldest to see Cinderella when that came out. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, it's not an exact remake, right? Like, the story's there. Everything's there. The The, the framework is there from the movie. But they do their own thing okay right so it, it's it's just different enough that it's not an exact remake everything else after that though i'm with you
1: okay 100. like
0: they're not you know <laughs> <clears throat> it's I, I don't see the point
1: yeah you well know? you know like the only i guess i should say this too do you remember so like i loved alice in wonderland the cartoon growing up sure and then i remember owning i think it was called through the looking glass john stamos was in it sammy davis jr was in it um God, who else wow, was in it? That does ring a bell. Oh, I, uh, Carol Channing was in it. Also, okay. I don't know what year this came out. John Stamos. This is like before Full House. Like he had really long hair. He was still really cute. But um, wait, are you
0: saying he's? Are you saying you know, John I, Stamos isn't cute anymore?
1: Uh, no, uh, I am saying he's <laughs> cute. But he he was so hot back in the
0: day <laughs> with the Bon Jovi hair. Yes. Yeah. Right on. Okay.
1: So, um, you know, I remember watching that through the Looking Glass as a girl. Like, and they had like the. Jabberwocky, and it was really weird. I mean, it was like a trip. Yeah, I mean, it was. Very I do freaky. remember that.
0: Yes, absolutely. I remember so, when you said Jabberwocky. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and like I, I feel like that's the only real life movie from an animated concept that I've loved and watched religiously. But all these other ones, because I, I don't have kids, like I'm just not the audience for that and sure like I sure just absolutely been, you know
0: it's, it's so I always I we've said on the show that I want them to go back and remake the lesser known ones
1: mm-hmm. right
0: like go do the sword in the stone or go do right. the black cauldron or things like like I you when you're not doing anything different with I take that back the jungle book was very different which was fantastic sure. that was very good but beauty and the beast Aladdin Lion King what's the point you know, yeah. obviously, the point is it made a billion dollars. That's the point. But <laughs> yeah. like, it's I, you a know, money
1: pit. It's yeah. It's that's
0: exactly great. it. And, you know, Disney uh, owns the world. So they can just throw whatever out there. And honestly, they don't miss very often when mm-hmm. you've got Star Wars and their Marvel and everything. They ne- almost never miss. Do you um, have
1: Disney Plus at your house? Yes. Of course.
0: Of course I do. That's <laughs> uh, like I tried to get the three-year-old to watch the... Not the 66, or the 67 Spider-Man cartoon, but the one from the, like, 81. Okay. And it was lost. Like, I've I've lost completely. And the, uh, the superhero slash sports uh, love in this house is relegated to one person, mm. and it's just me. The other ones well, want nothing to do with it.
1: You should have done this, Joe. You should have not allowed your children to watch anything of this time, but started oh. chronologically.
0: <laughs> yeah. I did. I made the joke that I was only going to let them listen to Weird Al. Yeah. And then when they heard the real versions, I'm like, no, no, no. They just stole it from him.
1: Oh, God. That's blasphemous.
0: No, Michael Jackson just stole all that stuff. Right. And Weird Al did it first. And my... Michael oh, Jackson my made it serious. No, I'm kidding. That's not a real thing.
1: That's terrible. <laughs> but also excellent.
0: Yeah, statement. right. It's... Parenting 101 from, from me. <laughs> There you go. Uh, but like I said, the reason we're here is I want to talk about soundtracks. Um, there are millions of them
1: mm-hmm. and it,
0: it is, imp- I feel like it is impossible, uh, to narrow it down to what is quote unquote the best. Yeah. So my idea is what are your favorites? And we'll just start from the bottom of the list. Uh, I have some listed, I'm sure there's going to be some crossover. Yeah. Uh, so we've got some extra ones. So let's start at like your number five. What is your number oh, five soundtrack?
1: Okay, so my number five soundtrack would be from "Waiting to Exhale."
0: Oh, maybe we won't have any crossover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I say this because I owned this soundtrack back in the day. This had like this had a lot of R and B. I never saw the movie okay. oddly enough. Have you was, have I, you yet to see the movie? I've yet to see the movie it was this is really strange but so that movie came out in 1995 starred Whitney Houston and she had songs on the soundtrack as well but there were the main reason I got that soundtrack was because I was super into R&B all along with my grunge and everything in the 90s I loved Brandy's sitting up in my room and that was on that soundtrack was
0: now was that released solely for that soundtrack or was that on another album as well
1: um, I think that it was on another album as well. I think okay. that was like one, maybe her biggest song, but I think it came out in the same year as the soundtrack. So it kind of was like a perfect storm for Brandy. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but that song just, I mean, I had that on repeat for a million years. And it really introduced me to like Shaka Khan is on there. She does a rendition of My, uh, my Funny Valentine. Um, Whitney's on there. And it's kind of awesome because... Uh, you know she I think she did the title track for that movie okay also um and so she was kind of I don't know if that I think it came out after the body I was gonna say was, was that was she high.
0: she was on a roll with soundtracks at that point
1: yes, very much so so you know for me and and honestly like that I know the gist of that movie was it's like a an anthem for feminism in a way because um it was about i believe women and divorce and deception and stuff and so you know my mom i remember my mom watched that movie and then i maybe she was the one who even got the soundtrack you know and then i stole it from her but somehow that soundtrack ended up in my cd player like every (laughs) night you know (laughs) so i was like an angry falling asleep
0: falling asleep (laughs) holding clutching a pillow
1: yeah, like I had like the psychology of like a 35 year old divorced <laughs> woman, you know, so it was just kind of a weird thing. But the music was very serious, but that I loved Brandy sitting up in my room and I would just have that on repeat all the time. Man, so that was, I, was, I,
0: I did not see that coming. That's a brilliant yeah. choice.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
0: so for me, I was also a kid of the 80s and 90s, right? Like my, it, this is, this is also not like a plug for the radio station, but I guess it kind of is. My dad listened to Casey, like that's the stuff that I grew up on. Right. Uh, so when I stumbled across a tape, uh, this is, a, it's a weird story. I went to a summer camp, a camp, uh, like away for a week or whatever. And mm-hmm. in the, in the cabin, there was a boy's side and the girl side, but in the middle, There was this giant uh, like container full of tapes, like just cassette tapes there was no rhyme or reason to any of them. And I saw this artwork and I knew who the Ramones were, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. who they were. Right. Yeah. So I find the soundtrack for Rock and Roll High School. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it was a different kind of awakening uh, at that age because I was probably, you know, 10 or 12 uh, when I find this soundtrack and it blew my mind. Uh, Songs that I had heard, uh, like School's Out by Alice Cooper or uh, Smoking in the Boys Room, the original version.
1: Yes. You know,
0: by, was it Brownville Station? Yep. Is that right? So it was just all of this different form of rock and roll. And I felt like I was the coolest kid that I had found, like stumbled upon this. Because it was like the Holy Grail, right? Like the light hit it at the right spot when I found it. Uh, it was wow. sitting next to a Robin Williams at the Met cassette, which I had no business listening to. But there was no <laughs> adult. It's, it's the early 90s. There was no adult supervision.
1: Right. Uh, oh, it, was the best. it was
0: the best. Right. So that was kind of my uh, I felt like my rock and roll life had been formed by my dad. Right. So this was the first time that I found stuff that I hadn't heard on the radio. And I was like, yep, I'm the coolest dude. This is the greatest and nobody got it like nobody understood at that camp. I was like, no, like they had like this big boom box. Uh, and I was like, no, play the tape. And it got turned off like after the second song.
1: Well, you know what? I was at Schnook's last night. This is no joke. And <laughs> the Ramones uh, want to be sedated came on so while good. I was shopping. And I was thinking to myself as I was grocery shopping last night, I'm like, this is. Like this is catered for my generation shopping at Schnucks. they're playing <laughs> <Yeah>. the Ramones,
0: <laughs> right? You know right, they're right, finally right.
1: catching up to us. Like Kenny yeah. G's out, and now the Ramones are leaking into our grocery stores, which is really exciting. It is a
0: weird moment where uh, the old, what used to be the oldie station here is now playing like stuff that I listen to, and
1: mm-hmm. I was like, oh
0: no, I've I've made the <laughs> You've turn. Crossed over. I've crossed <laughs> over. What has happened? <laughs> and it's so, funny, like I never saw the movie. Oh really? I, up until probably like in the last ten years was the first time I saw it. And I but I just I'd fallen in love with that soundtrack and I didn't want to ruin it.
1: Oh my gosh. And uh what is the name of uh the girl who it plays um gosh I can't think of her radio from, the from name. Halloween? Yes. PJ Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay yeah. so she was at some sort of Comic-Con and my buddy Barry um got an autograph. He printed out a picture from Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> Riff, her her name was Riff Randall, which yes. is the coolest uh, DJ name for anybody ever, especially a chick, and he got me a autograph picture from her and that's I just thought fantastic. that was the coolest thing ever, you know. She signed it Riff Randall. That's she signed
0: so it cool. Riff, Randall. <laughs> she signed Riff Randall? Yeah, she that's did. That's even better. Yeah. Oh man, that's fantastic. So, yeah, number five is Rock and Roll High School. Hit me with that number four.
1: Okay, number four, I'm going to go with the Singles soundtrack. Oh,
0: oh, well, all right. Taking that off my list.
1: Well, I'm sure we'll have more crossovers <laughs> yeah. now that my Waiting to Exhale soundtrack <laughs> yeah, <right>. is gone. <laughs> um, no, this this to me, this is one of those soundtracks where I knew about the soundtrack before I knew about the movie. Yeah. I did. I have seen Singles. Which it's a funny because some of these bands are in that movie, which is excellent. Um, like oh, the entire yeah. Hot Guys from the '90s are in that movie. Uh, let's it, see, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder's in that movie. Chris yeah. Cornell, yeah. Um, God, I think
0: uh, is, it, is Lane Staley in there?
1: I, you know what? I wanted to say he was, but I don't. I don't think he was. Okay. Or maybe he was. I, I don't know. They all looked the same. With their <laughs> there was no. Hair.
0: Yeah, it wasn't much of a. You you could line them up, and you're like, well, all right, right. Yeah, you're from the early '90s.
1: But this, the th- the song that I love so much, where you had to have the soundtrack to even get the song, was State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. Uh
0: huh.
1: And it's so good. Um, but you know, if you're if you love 90s grunge at all and you don't own this in your, you know, vinyl, <laughs> you yeah, need to. right, right, right. You know, so, um, yeah, there's everything from Alice in Chains to, um, I, I don't know, I want to say like even. Mad season, but I might have that wrong oh, But it, it just it just seems like Every part of the 90s Men singing was In this, and um, and to me I think it, it painted such a cool Visual for when you're Listening to it, you go back to that movie And you see how gray that Movie is, yeah. And yeah. you know how Seattle that movie very,
0: is It's very Seattle, and even I think Matt Dillon Right, that's the main character?
1: Yeah, Matt Dillon And looking, he's so good looking Looking
0: like <laughs> a guy from the 90s
1: Oh, yeah, long That live hair. in Seattle <laughs> so great
0: it's I so I came into that movie way late um so i'm thirty eight and I started uh like getting into like my own like walking to the to the local store and picking out stuff. It actually started with clerks, yeah, uh, and that will come up later the and so like that style of film wasn't something that I had seen before, right, like the black and right. white single camera. Uh, so I was all, I was on the lookout for stuff that looked like clerks. And the next one that I've, <clears throat> that the, uh, the dude behind the counter brought up was singles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it wasn't like, I didn't, I was too young to get it at that time, but I've gone back and revisited it. And it's like, yeah, this is a, this is a great movie. Like, what, a, what was I thinking? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's on, like, if people haven't seen it that are our age that might be listening, I think HBO Go still has it listed, so it's, like, oh, really accessible. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, like, if people need to see because it, because it's not, I wouldn't say that it's a movie that, like, stands the test of time or has any sort of, like, crazy meaning behind it. Like, you know, you can kind of give or take that movie. Yeah. But the soundtrack is just so exquisite and it really does enhance that movie even more, especially since some of the bands are in it, but then also like it still holds up today. I mean, we play a lot of these songs still on the radio. Absolutely. That came from that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Those, those a lot. I think all of those bands for the most part, which is weird. Nirvana's not on that album. No, I don't think. No, they weren't. Yeah. But all of those bands are still in in some form or another. I think Alice in Chains is down to Jerry Cantrell. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, which is honestly, I saw them open for the Deftones, which is weird to say, like to say that Alice in Chains opened for the Deftones, uh, I don't know, like five, six years ago. And it was when the, yeah, the,
1: the Enterprise.
0: Yes, yes. And it was when the the new guy had just taken over.
1: Yeah, William Duvall. Thank who you. sounds.
0: Identical. Very
1: identical. And I think that was the first time um, I had also seen. Allison Chains with William Duvall play. Okay. And I remember because I Deftones are my favorite band, so any anytime they're in town, I'm there.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. but that's, that's fair. Um, I looked like know, Chino. Oh good.
1: You younger. look like Chino? Uh
0: yeah. Same same style, oh same God. baggy jeans, same like sweaters with a white t shirt underneath, vans, uh go to the I would have been in hair. love with
1: you, Joe. Well, I would have been damn head it. over heels. I know. I look, this could have been great. Yeah,
0: it would have been fantastic. But yeah, that's <laughs> that he was the the style icon for me for a while he
1: he was for me too in high school i I (laughs) tried to buy he was i mean i was infatuated with him in so many ways and then like i also tried to wear pants like his like i would go to the thrift shops and get like old man pants and wear like sag them very baggy
0: jeans yeah big yeah
1: super hot (laughs) uh, no but william duvall if you could i mean out of any person that can replace and can harmonize with jerry cantrell that guy is incredible if you hadn't
0: told me that it was lane staley (laughs) <laughs> like, if you had said, it's him, I'd be like, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, for real, I believe you. <laughs> he sounds identical.
0: Yeah. Uh, so for me, my number four, he, this guy will come up a lot, because I feel like there are two directors in making current film that understand soundtracks.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: one of them is James, St. Louis' own James Gunn. The other one is Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. And my number four is Pulp Fiction yes so that was another film that i was uh i don't know that came out in 94 i caught it on tape i did not see it in theaters because my parents were somewhat responsible um <laughs> but i had never seen a movie that used non-traditional songs and it fit the film so perfectly right like that he has just like this unbelievable ability to use songs that he loved i mean if once upon a time in hollywood i've listened to that soundtrack over and over and over because mm-hmm. i think it's fantastic um but this was the first time that i'd ever heard uh what was it is it chuck berry i think the the scene in the whether where travolta and uma thurman are dancing i think is yes is chuck berry
1: yeah yeah, yeah. um oh god i'm trying you Mm. I don't know, either
0: way like that was the first time like watching that scene unfold was amazing and then girl you'll be a woman soon was like the one that they i think they played in the trailer
1: it was you never can tell
0: by chuck berry right yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay perfect so like that was and that was probably you know so stylized and you go back and that's so rewatchable like mm-hmm. it's it's perfection like that is a perfect movie um and that was the first time that i ever went out and bought a soundtrack like I had scores right like I was that nerd where I had like the Danny Elfman Batman score (laughs) why are you laughing right now
1: I'm not laughing you're not laughing laughing, I'm just I'm I'm laughing because I know why you bought it
0: yeah because (laughs) if you had if you put a bat symbol on something in 1989 it was being bought people were sketching that they're carving that thing into their head
1: let that, me ask you this though, Joe. What yes. would you you put that score on, and then what would you be doing? You'd be walking around thinking you were Batman.
0: Why do you know me so well? What just <laughs> What just happened just now?
1: You're like looking out <laughs> the window. Yeah. Like I'm hanging. I'm I'm me. perched
0: on my <laughs> roof, like I'm gonna do something <laughs> like a doofus. Uh, no, I That's just true. like that opening theme. But so here's the catch, right? Is there were two soundtracks to that movie. Oh, there was a Prince soundtrack as well. And he wrote and produced all of the original songs, not the, not the Danny Elfman stuff, but there was like an entire Prince soundtrack to that. Really? Movie. Yeah, yeah. If you and the, the songs are pretty good, hm. like of course it's Prince. You know,
1: I love Prince.
0: Yeah, first concert I ever saw at Scottrade, uh, Enterprise.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. I'm So jealous.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. He played uh, everything. You, I was not even a huge Prince fan at that point. I became a Prince fan after that right like it was nuts but yeah so just the the aesthetic of that entire movie uh the insanity that happens in that movie uh i was not ready for the gimp scene when i saw that movie (laughs) uh since then i'd be like all right i get it you know whatever you're into you're into that's cool just be cool about it but yeah like that was the that was the soundtrack that blew my mind uh and introduced me to quentin tarantino because i hadn't seen reservoir dogs at that point that was the first Tarantino flick that I had seen, uh, and it was magical.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, and t- you you talk about how the Chuck Berry twist scene was was the one scene that sticks out to you. I always think about the uh, the Neil Diamond cover that uh, during um, Uma Thurman, "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon." Yeah, when she's you know getting, before she's all overdosing and stuff. Oh my and when god! She's Wrong number. Wrong number. Yeah, uh I just that whole scene is what I see when I think of Pulp Fiction is her turning that record on and then just getting high as a kite yeah. and then overdosing. You
0: know he was Marty McFly. Eric Stoltz originally was going to well, was Marty McFly. They filmed scenes with him like as Marty and then oh my God. about a month, two months in the shooting, they were like nope. And they re- <laughs> and they cut it all out and they wow. redid it all with Michael J. Fox.
1: I had no. Well, they made the right choice there. Oh,
0: absolutely. If you if you feel like getting nerdy, it's up to yeah. you. Yeah. If you that's go
1: wonderful. on, that's a neat fact. I no there's idea.
0: there's scenes like there are whole scenes like on a DVD or on a Blu-ray or maybe even online of Eric Stoltz as Marty, and he is doing something completely different. Like wow. he's got like a black leather jacket. Like he's very cool. Not Michael. That is Michael J. Fox <laughs> is very cool, but not you know not not marty he wasn't
1: as cool as marty he was
0: not that is correct (laughs) all right give me that number three
1: okay number three is the wayne's world soundtrack uh, but i i kind of want to i want to do like a 3.1 also like i'll I'll allow it
0: i'll allow it okay
1: so like wayne's world obviously huge it it, to me, it scarred Bohemian Rhapsody on a, on a generation forever. I
0: found that song because of that movie
1: and Dreamweaver Gary Wright, yeah. which is a KC classic artist that we know Gary Wright because of Dreamweaver. You know, but also uh, what I love, love, love so much about the Wayne's World soundtrack is that uh, Tia Carrera, she all of this, all of the um, songs that she did in the movie with you know Crucial Taunt, her band. Yeah, oh, well done, on, well done, by the way thank you yeah they put they put those she got artist credits as remaking those songs so you know um ballroom blitz from this, yes
0: that's so, dope
1: isn't that cool so and i have this on vinyl too so if you have that tia she does her version of ballroom blitz from the suite that's on there and then she also has writing credits for uh, a song that she did in the movie why you want to break my heart yeah and um she also did uh, Fire by Jimi Hendrix Experience that's not on the vinyl but is a bonus, I guess, if you get the bonus edition of the soundtrack. So it's – I don't know. There's just so much goodness from her on this record because I just love her. And then also um, one of the best songs from the Temple of the Dog record, All Night Thing. Yeah. It's, it's the scene where Wayne and Garth and Cassandra are going up to uh, Rob Lowe's apartment and oh, he's got everything. Sure. And it's playing in the background, and it's just such a great song, but then it just fits that whole scene so much because it's kind of a sexy song, and it makes everybody <laughs> fall in love with Rob Lowe a little bit more and was
0: that so that's pre scandal right or is that post scandal?
1: oh, I don't know
0: he got he got caught up in something uh maybe there was a sex tape like before that was a thing oh I think and i'm I'm trying to think if that was that may have been posts
1: mm, i don't know this came out in wayne's world came out in 1991 i think is yeah i that think right?
0: that's not, 91 92 somewhere Nin- in there. yeah somewhere yeah.
1: around there maybe yeah, i think it was 92 actually okay okay um well okay so so that's that first that's the first one and then, and then you have alice cooper in the movie which is yes. insane <laughs> the and- best
0: scene of that whole movie
1: It is. And (laughs) I I know the backstory about why Alice was in that movie. Let's do it. Okay. So, and I just kind of put this together. So a year before Wayne's world was created into a movie, Aerosmith was on SNL and they were on the Wayne's world segment of SNL and they were asked to, they had just released pump. So they were asked to be in Wayne's world. They declined because they weren't happy with the segment, the bit that they did on SNL so what happened was uh Wayne uh, Wayne Campbell um <laughs> <laughs> That works. Uh, Mike, no, that works. Mike Myers wow. was trying to find another artist to be in the movie and so they approached Alice Cooper. Well, Alice Cooper's manager, Shep Gordon, said, "Look, um we'll let Alice in the movie, but he's got a new record coming out and we have a single that we want to play in the movie because I think Mike Myers wanted Alice to play like classic stuff like I'm 18." Sure. Um and Steph Gordon, who's great, he said, no, we're going to promote the new album. And he's got this new track called Feed My Frankenstein. That, we want yes. To put it in there. It could have not been a better song to be played live in that movie because it's such a great scene. Is
0: that they have like the whole like Frank? Is there like a whole Frankenstein set? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there, If you remember, there's like a I think there's a skeleton, a huge skeleton on the stage.
0: Yeah. OK. That okay. Alice
1: comes. I think he comes out of the mouth of. And so anyway, so that's how Alice Cooper got asked to be in Wayne's World 1. And it is iconic to this day. Like, I'm, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, then Aerosmith realized that they really messed up. And so when Wayne's World 2 was announced, they were the first band that said, hey, we know we messed up. We didn't get into Wayne's World 1. It was a hit. We'd love to be in Wayne's World 2. And that's where I want to do my 3.1 because I love the soundtrack to Wayne's World 2 as well. It's just as good. Just as good yeah. um, songs, obviously from Aerosmith. Dude looks like a lady. Shut up and dance, which they play at the end. But you also have Edgar Winter, Frankenstein. Um, you know, Tia Carrera didn't get any writing she, credit.
0: She's then. barely in that though, right? Like I think she she's is. she's barely in that movie because she had just she'd blown up.
1: Yes. Yeah. God. she was she, uh, huge. She's so beautiful in the second movie. Like, she's beautiful in both of them, but the yeah. second movie, her style is, like, on point. But, yeah, so her band didn't really play in the second movie, so I guess they didn't need to give her any um, songs uh, to cover. Yeah, but, right. yeah, both, both, uh, both soundtracks for Wayne's World 1 and 2 are just excellent to me. They
0: are. That was, that was a great call. And, you know, the first time I saw Tia Carrera was she was in a movie. We, we do on the show, we do a thing called Deep Fried Tacos, where <laughs> they're movies that are, you know are bad, mm-hmm.
1: but yeah. you love them anyway oh yeah like
0: like a deep fried taco right like i should not eat this but it's so good (laughs) yes uh she was in a movie with uh dolph lundgren and brandon lee the crow yeah uh in a movie called showdown in little tokyo oh my and she uh is kind of like she's like the girl that both uh brandon lee and dolph lundgren and brandon lee are cops and they're somehow they get uh attached to her and they're both trying to woo her basically and of course she Mm. falls for Dove Lundgren because that would happen uh right that's the right reaction to have (laughs) (laughs) that's the correct thing I always said like I've Brandon Lee is one of the guys that uh I fell in love with like I loved that movie I love that comic I love everything about that that property. And I said, Mm -hmm. that dude was like, you could see even in the ones that aren't as talked about, that dude was going to be a superstar. That dude was going to be bigger than his father. And unfortunately we never got to get past that, but I do believe that he was supposed to be the next big, not even I probably the next big action star, but I feel like he had the ability to move past the action stuff and do something else
1: oh my god he to me has always been the hottest like i always say like he's my number one guy like and it, it all comes from his eric draven character sure and Crow, you sure. know just because that character's so i love the whole idea of a man avenging his fiance's death and like he's just so goddamn gorgeous even, even death movie. won't keep him down <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so talk about segues my yeah. number three is well, am I number three? Number two? Number three? We just did your three, three point one, right? So yes. my number three is the crow. Yeah, uh, which also I th- on my list. All right, yeah, perfect. Thank goodness we made some some headway. <laughs> uh, I adore everything about that movie, the soundtrack, the look, like it was perfection. Like that's the only you know it was. There's not sometimes when you look at a movie, you can tend to pick it apart. Because it's what I'm supposed to do. There's nothing mm-hmm. to pick apart there. No, like it is from. Uh, you've got the Cure. You've got Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, a Cure song that I, in my opinion, it's this is controversial. It's my favorite Cure song. Me too. Oh, really? Oh, maybe mm-hmm. it's not as controversial as I thought.
1: You and I, you and I are soulmates. I think. I think we're figuring <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> it's very
1: strange
0: it's uh yeah it's (laughs) i think i had that i've actually gone out and bought that on vinyl like i don't buy a lot of vinyl because it's just i have enough vices as is i don't need another one uh so i have that's one of the few i have like the halloween soundtrack i've got that the escape from new york soundtrack things like (laughs) that uh you can sense a theme uh but yeah like that (laughs) soundtrack Was my life for a long time, like on repeat, for a long time.
1: Absolutely. The um aside from Burn from the Cure, yeah, no Dead Souls. The cover that Nine Inch Nails does is my favorite. Oh, I
0: always forget that's on there.
1: Mm, But yeah, you're totally right.
0: And then is there is there a Rollins band song on there?
1: There is. Um, God, what else? There's it's a cover,
0: right? It's a Suicide cover.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, now you're going into a realm that oh, I'm sorry, not as sorry. familiar with. That's all right. <laughs> no, I'm – I th- that soundtrack is so great because the um, – it follows Milk the... Toast.
0: Milk Toast is on that. Milk Toast. Yes. There you yeah. go. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it just clicked no, no, in no. my brain.
1: I, um, I, I'm thinking about how – because like you – it's another one of those where you visually see the scene when you hear the song. Yes. Like – Dead Souls. I remember the, it's whenever we're on the the actual crow's back and he's flying through the city, Ugh. and it leads to.
0: I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not lying. I have goosebumps. <laughs> Legitimately have goosebumps right now as you're talking about that.
1: This is so great. Yeah. So it goes from we're on the crow's back, we're flying with a little camera on the crow's back to into the city. You know, where Eric Draven is playing guitar and uh, he's pissed and he's yep. thrashing his guitar from – what was his band's uh, – the not the Dead Souls. It was dead, the, um,
0: uh, whoa, was it Dead Hang Souls? Hangman's Joke? Hangman's Joke. Yes. Yes.
1: You know, and oh my god. Like the epitome of hotness is <laughs> long-haired Eric Draven. He's romantic yeah. when he's with Shelly and then he's so cool with Hangman's Joke and then he's badass with his leather – you know, gimp suit on. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> it's so, it's crazy to think that he only filmed three fourths of that movie. So I know the anytime you see like uh, him in the shadows where you don't see his face is not him. That's not Brandon Lee. There's a scene mm-hmm. where he's walking through the scene where he's walking through the alley for the first time. And he looks up and like, he's, you know, he's shirtless. He's got like the black pants on. He's not wearing mm-hmm. shoes and he takes the boots out of the dumpster yeah, they digitally had to fix his face. Oh my god! So because it's not him, like they he didn't, you know. Um, so here's what I will say about the remake, if it ever happens. The right. the Crow movie, the 1994 movie, is an adaptation of that source material. It's not exactly the same. Most of it's there. Again, the DNA, the the framework is all there. Uh, Eric Draven comes back kills everybody, finds peace, goes about his day. The the comic book version is a lot darker. Uh mm-hmm. there's some extra stuff like the guy uh that he kills at the end, top dollar. Yeah. is not the final guy. Like there's more to that. So mm-hmm. if they if they do that and they steer closer to the comic, I'm okay with it. Because mm-hmm. that because that that Brandon Lee version doesn't go anywhere. You know? Right. But I understand that it is a... If I can get more of that character, I'm cool with it. And at one point it was Momoa. It was Jason Momoa. Was I like, know. Draven. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that kind of plays. Okay.
1: But see, okay. Because I don't think it does. I think that he... I think Jason Momoa is not... Um, I guess I'm still hoping for that romance of that grunge era, Eric sure. even, to come through. Sure. And Jason Momoa to me is too beefy. He needs to, like, oh, he's too much.
0: Take, I get that. Okay, like so yeah. Brandon Lee was a small. I say smaller, but
1: he, he was, was just d- a strong, lean man. Like yeah. Um, yeah. and I need that to because I, it, you know in the age of iron man's and uh clark kent <laughs> i need eric draven to be scrawny but defined you don't want and him I looking need...
0: like chris evans
1: right yeah. and and he doesn't he needs to be um i think that uh i liked that brandon lee was not like a white man like i liked that totally you know and yeah. so and not, I'm not saying Jason Momoa is a white man by any means. It's no, not no, no. That. I get but it.
0: Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I'm saying like I would. I I need Eric Draven to be, um, he just needs to be uh, defined in a way, and I, that where he can't blend because the Crow, like that graphic novel. I've never read it, but I'll I, let I you flipped borrow it. it. <laughs> I, yeah, like I would love to. I you know I flipped through it, and I I get a sense that that character is dark and has he's deep you know yeah absolutely and it's poetic and and the thing that i think i guess i'm being kind of sexist here but the thing i as a woman i took to it is how much he loved shelly on this like very next level uh, yeah like a real level like where like my husband and i that's how like if he could be eric draven like you know (laughs) be amazing but like that's how we love you know like we're at home and little fun cute things are happening and you know like it's beautiful and i don't know like that part of seeing that side of that draven household is so important to that character because it shows that he is so deeply affected and wounded by not only getting murdered himself but the fact that the love of his life got killed Why like are we not doing raped. a
0: podcast right now what? Why are we not doing a crow podcast right now? What is? happening? I don't know. Oh but no! Yeah,
1: you need to spoil that movie for everybody and I, go. You know what? Maybe
0: maybe a learn part two.
1: That's. fine. I and would love will, to. I, I have that video. Crow. You know, I'm down to take <laughs> apart that whole experience anytime. So. But no,
0: you are absolutely right. There is there is another level to that character where he's not just a badass. He's not just uh, you know, going out there and and taking out the guys that ruined his life, but there is when they do those flashes with him, with Eric and Shelley, like mm-hmm. there is, and that that goes to to Brandon Lee, right? Yeah. Like that 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 falls on his shoulders yes. to convey that emotion. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. Is it adds just another level? If you don't, if you don't believe, Richard Donner actually said this about Superman and Lois when he did the first one. If you don't believe in Lois and Clark like as a couple this whole mm-hmm. thing doesn't work right so if you don't believe in Brandon and and Brandon and Eric and Shelley the whole thing falls apart then it's just an right. action movie you know then yeah. it's just a revenge movie but there's this level of love and devotion and pain that he brings to that role that makes that role and makes that movie so goddamn special
1: it is man yeah. it is it is such a special movie i
0: it totally really agree is. good call <laughs>
1: Hey, by the way, back to the soundtrack really fast. Yeah. Um, there's a tribute video. I think it's still on YouTube that a fan did where they piece, they took dead souls and Iron song from that movie. They took that song and they pieced together this kind of beautiful tribute of cuts from the movie oh. in a way that shows like the entire coming full circle with Eric and Shelly. And yeah. it's really cool. I'll have to email it to you if I find it. Um, But it's a really beautiful way to listen to that song and then remember certain parts of that movie.
0: That's – I'm Googling it right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, look up Dead Souls and it's – I'll have to – because I'm sure there's a hundred of them. But like there's this one specific one and I remember watching it and like crying (laughs) because – it was so beautiful that somebody sure. took that because they're two dead souls yes. together yes. for circle. It's
0: really cool. I have, well, see man, there's the problem is now I've, we've opened this door. I actually <laughs> met James Obar. He was at the at the first St. Louis Comic Con. So I met him. I met, and I have like the original issues. I have like the uh, DV, you know, I have all kinds of like Crow stuff. So he signs a bunch of it and uh, he seems like he lives in that world. Mm-hmm. Like that, that detroit world
1: and he
0: goes uh i had image comics did a reboot of the series where todd mcfarlane did a cover and he looks at the james obar the creator of the character looks at the cover and just goes "Ugh," and he signs it and then he fixes the mouth like he drew over the mouth because todd mcfarlane didn't draw it right oh fine (laughs) yeah and then he goes oh (laughs) are you gonna buy anything and i was like oh uh Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this sketchbook. I mean, I did buy all of these comics, but I get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. At one oh point or God. another. But yeah, I was just like, oh, that is super awkward. All
1: right. Hey, speak. Are you like a big comic book nerd? Um. Yes. Or like a graphic? I am no- okay.
0: Massive. Like I. I'm gonna.
1: Yes. I'm gonna give you. So my friend, do you know Tyler B. Ruff, who's a local artist? Uh, I don't. You should look him up. He's a good friend of mine. On the, um, on the gram. Yeah, on the gram. He's uh, <laughs> actually you could look up his graphic novel. It's called The Unforgiven. Okay. Not not related to Metallica by any way. Um, well, then and, I don't want to do it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but you you and him would get along really famously because I you, you how you're talking to me about everything is how he talks to me about stuff. Oh, really? And, <laughs> yeah, and he's an artist. He's excellent. He and I went to college together, and okay. like. He is. I mean, that's all he does for a living. Is he's the, he's a comic book creator, and his uh, anyway. It's local, and it's dark, and it's cool. I'm so all I think for it. Like, I, really... if I
0: can support local folks, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so okay. we should probably get off of this topic before it's too late. <laughs> before this podcast is three hours. Give me your number two.
1: Number two is the Dazed and Confused soundtrack. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was my number one.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's it. There's nothing wrong with this soundtrack. <laughs> it's a
0: double soundtrack, right? It's a double double disc.
1: You are right. It yeah. There are thirty songs that span this bad boy. I'm looking at it right now. Um, you have everything from obviously "Sweet Emotion" opens up the movie from the I think what is it Warner Brothers or whatever uh, starts off there with yeah, the yeah, strumming yeah. of "Stream Sweet Emotion." Yes, you know Alice Cooper also on this one. Edgar school's Winter out. also on "Schools Out." Yeah. Uh, which is perfect for that scene when everybody's going to get their ass kicked by going to high school by Ben Affleck. With his... <laughs> because he
0: got held back.
1: Because he got held back. And <laughs> I used to have – speaking of that, so on his paddle that he's whooping everybody with, it yes. says Fah Q F-A-H dash Q. Yes. And I used to write that on my Chuck Taylors growing up because I thought I was so cool you, like him.
0: You, you aren't wrong that we probably <laughs> should have met when we were way younger. <laughs> Like, I would have thought this broad is this the broad. coolest motherfucker. Yeah. You can no, cuss I on this podcast, been. by the way, if you feel. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Yeah, oh. Yes. Good. All right, yeah. great. But yes, it, I, I called this on HBO. Yes. And it was perfection.
1: It is perfection. The actors are perfection. The songs that are obviously from the 70s are brought back to life in the 90s. And they, um, I don't know anything about who directed this movie or any of those types of things, but they did an excellent job. With uh, just everything. That
0: was, oh man, I'm going to screw this up. No, I'm not. Richard Linkletter.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, okay. And it And was, he's excellent. Yeah, With absolutely. everything he
0: does. Yeah, never fails. But it was just like, a, it, it was this perfect encapsulation of the 70s. Now, granted, obviously, I'm an 80s slash 90s kid, so I Mm -hmm. don't have that experience, but I assume this is what it was like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, it was. And, And, but people from the, you know, people that grew up at that time will watch it and go, yeah, this is how it was. And this is how it sounded and looked. And, you know, I think that that, when you encapsulate a time period so well with a soundtrack like, days and confused does you are transported back in time to and that was it's amazing to watch that movie and go this was made in the 90s yeah like this is stupid you know like (laughs) so cool like i feel like i feel like matthew mcconaughey should be in his 70s by now because i feel like he was that guy in the actual 70s
0: (laughs) that's i don't think you're wrong and i gotta tell you he may have been yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very he possible. Yeah, him, right. him, and Affleck. Affleck, honestly, still looks. He looks a little bit more grizzled, but I think he's got some miles on him at this point. But
1: yeah,
0: he looks also looks exactly the same.
1: Yes, you're right. You
0: know, uh, this was a cast that I think about more often than I probably should. Right, like <laughs> it's Mila Jovovich. Yes, it's uh, one of the Londons. It's either Jeremy uh, or Jason.
1: Jason I th- uh, yeah, I think it's Jeremy London. Whichever
0: one wasn't in Mallrats. Yeah. It's the other one. <laughs> Affleck. It's got Adam Goldberg. Uh, it's got the gal who was in uh, Chasing Amy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is her name? She's blonde and yep. gorgeous. Yep. You're going to say the name and I'm going to be like, damn it, that's right.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: Parker Posey.
0: Parker Posey. Joey Lauren Adams. That's Joey Lauren one. Adams. Renee Zellweger is in this movie. You were right. What? Yeah, she plays somebody named Nessie White. She's listed oh. on the cast thing. Hmm. It is Jason London. Sasha Jensen, who okay. was like a 90 You'd recognize him as like a 90s guy. Uh, Rory yeah. Cochran, who was uh, the stoner kid.
1: Yeah. Who I, oh. for the
0: longest time, thought was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> like I just I was like, yeah, yeah. It's Leo's. Somebody was like, what are you talking about?
1: Right. I was like, That's what do you mean? Great.
0: Nope, not him. But yeah, like it was just like this very... It reminded me a lot of it's a precursor to those nineties teen movies that we grew up with. Right. Where you have oh, yeah. all of these actors who go on to be massive stars. Obviously I think McConaughey and Affleck are the two that broke out of this, the biggest, but you know, like right. clueless, like you said, you had some massive Paul Rudd mm-hmm. who's, who's a megastar now, or right. uh, what was it? 10 things I hate about you. Oh, Look at that cast.
1: A, that was also on my list. If we went further, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it can be an honorable mention. That counts.
1: Yeah. But this was oh my the,
0: this was the first time I heard Cherry Bomb.
1: Mhm. And I was like
0: yeah. I I love this woman. <laughs> so much. Uh but I remember so the the takeaway from this movie is I remember the first time I saw it I was actually uh at a friend's house and they were the the adults in that house were friends with like the family priest. This mm-hmm. doesn't get weird. <laughs> Thank Just, God. Yeah. But I remember, like, he was into the movie. Like, he was like, I can't believe how good this is. And I was like, are you allowed to watch this movie? Right. Like, shouldn't you just be praying somewhere?
1: Yeah. No, he should have been. that's right,
0: But yeah, like, that was the first, that was one of my first memories of this movie. Uh, so, since you have stolen one of mine, I have to put, move one of my honorable mentions up. And it's Clerks. Okay. okay. The Clerks soundtrack.
1: Now- Go ahead. I'm going to have to look it up because I've seen Clerks a couple of times, but it's not a movie that I love. Okay. So don't judge. All
0: right. <laughs> I'll allow it. I know. Um, but much like uh, we talked about singles and we talked about other things like, you know, those movies that kind of perfectly encapsulated that era. Clerks also did it on a shoestring budget. Like mm-hmm. it was very independent. Everybody knows this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Let's just run some of these down. We had uh, *Alice in Chains*. We had uh, *Bad Religion*, *Stabbing mm. Westward*, uh, *Soul Asylum*, uh, and then some others that I don't recognize. But like those were the the tracks where I was just like, "Yeah, let's." This is how I found *Bad Religion*. Was that's on great. The, was on this soundtrack, and I've never looked back a day since.
1: And see, that's where I get like kind of snooty about people where I would say oh because I always talk about it on the radio show I'm like oh I, I remember this movie you know from the, this song from this movie people are always like that's not where you should know music it's like no soundtracks can open you up to bands and realms that you maybe wouldn't have crossed if yeah, you hadn't yeah. heard it in the movie
0: I am 100% in agreement I would never have found I mean I probably would have at some point but I never would have found Bad Religion Yeah, if it wasn't for this soundtrack you know It is very much, this came out in 94, which I'm starting to sense a theme (laughs) with our soundtrack picks. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so this is like, you know, the Crow soundtrack and then this one and singles. So this was exactly everything that I wanted. It wasn't the stuff that was being played on the radio. I was becoming that kid. We're like, oh, you like Bush? Cool. They're on the radio all the time. (laughs) So, which I saw them live with Veruca Salt. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. But so like this was like the, I could play this and people hadn't heard, you know, like Girls Against Boys or Bash and Pop or Supernova. Like nobody had heard those bands. Right. So I was the cool kid for a cup cup of coffee. And then they started talking to me. and I was like, nope, that's ruined. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. (laughs) So, yeah, I I honestly, there's there's uh, this is actually one of the first times I remember things being uh, like clips from the movie being intertwined into the soundtrack. So like there's there's clips from uh, Dante and Randall and Muse uh, and all those, you know, those guys pop up throughout the uh, the soundtrack. But it's, you know, interladen perfectly. I love that. That is my number two. All right. Make it count. (laughs)
1: All right, so my number one—it comes from my number one favorite movie of all time because of how Clueless? gosh damn gorgeous Clueless? it is. What is it? Clueless. Didn't we just talk about that? It's not Clueless, no. <laughs> even though that soundtrack definitely deserves to be on a list. Totally. Um, no, it's this is mainly you'll enjoy this since you are a score fiend. Oh, okay. Uh, this it's mainly. Um, John Bryan music, but it's the soundtrack for Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless that Mind. That is a
0: solid pick. That yeah. is a good, good pick.
1: Now, I'm here to say that <laughs> uh, I love this, this soundtrack so much that my ringtone is actually one of the scoring parts of the movie, the phone call score, so good. which is just beautiful. I can't yeah. really describe it, but it's just gorgeous plucking. And um, I don't know much about John Bryan, but I know that he makes like very airy music that like you could like I know he has I think there's a uh, it's it's called like the airport album where, oh, okay. it's, sure. uh, where it's songs that literally you could put on at an airport and people would be like very tranquilized by it anyway um, this so- this soundtrack is mainly full of weird music that you wouldn't hear on the radio but there is an electric light orchestra song on Ooh. Mr. Blue Sky is on there
0: so okay Mr. Blue Sky is also a a James Gunn thing. Really? I'm almost positive that's the song that's playing in the very beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. No.
1: No. So this this, – the movie in itself is so weird and beautiful. Uh, Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, and the soundtrack, if you ever listen to it from start to finish, it just – it goes with anything. It's just very beautiful. It's um. There's like menacing songs. There's really funny songs yeah. that are just instrumentals. That are yeah. just scores. Are, um,
0: so you're you're a '90s kid, right? Yeah. So you grew up on the other version of Jim Carrey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's funny all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: sure. What did you think when you saw when you see this version of Jim Carrey?
1: The Well, the only reason I even watched this movie, because I remember I was living, I think I was just starting junior college when this, or maybe I was a senior. I was older when this movie came out. Okay, What year did you graduate high school? Let's do that. Uh, Oh, three.
0: Okay. So I'm 2000.
1: Okay. Yeah, so yeah, perfect. this came out when we were in college, I think. Yes. So I remember being in my mom's basement and I think it was on HBO or something like that. And I turned it on and I was like, oh, this is that movie where Jim Carrey's sad. That's why. Oh,
0: yeah, him. that's right.
1: And so I'm watching it and then I'm realizing like, oh my God, it's so weird. It's not a movie you can just watch once because you have to actually piece it together at the end. Yeah. So I'm, I watched it. I literally like watched it a second time, like just found it again, watched it again. And I was like bawling because how sad it is. But then I also fell in love with Jim Carrey even more because of how wonderful he is in this movie. And Kate Winslet is also so relatable and awesome and, um... You know, so I'm I'm watching it and Kirsten Dunst is in this movie. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, what is his name? Who's the Hulk? Um, Which one? The new Hulk. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's yeah. in it. You know, um, I'm trying to think. about. there's there's all sorts of stars in this movie and they're also unassuming and it's so beautifully well done visually. And then the music just simulates it in a way that is like beyond what I think any other movie that I talked about today has done for me, it just, it transports me directly, I'm in the movie like, sure, I feel like sure. I'm in the movie when I'm listening to that soundtrack.
0: It's So I'm gonna ask a semi-personal question, if it's too personal please feel free to not answer or tell me to shut the <laughs> fuck up have you, so to me like that is, I've had a relationship like that yeah, you know, and that that is what drew me into that movie, I don't like I said, I don't want to pry, but it, does that ring true for you as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um like I can't really pinpoint it on a specific relationship, but I've sure. definitely dated people that like I I know how deep it went with them in my in my psychological state and and to me like the whole idea of erasing somebody from your mind just to get rid of them because you can't handle it anymore yeah. and then to find out you have been erased. I definitely can understand both Joel and Clementine's Uh, perspectives in that movie yeah
0: it's i you are preaching to the choir i think i think that's the thing about that movie uh that is such a punch in the Mm -hmm. like we've all been there you've all had those relationships where it's like i just want to forget like every time i turn around there's something that is there that is just beating me over the head with you and i don't want to remember you anymore and it just sucks and then to feel then
1: but then also you have joe the people that like have gone maybe not even a relationship but like you know or a romantic relationship you have these memories that you're trying to hold on to where you're like no don't go away because i want to keep that great memory and i you know like i i always think about this scene where joel's saying let me just keep this one memory this one memory and i think it's of clementine uh they're both under these sheets
0: yeah i think you're right
1: the the lighting is so beautiful and she's all calm and he's like caressing her face and he's He's literally running after that memory going, "No, let me keep this memory." And it like oh, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah. That you know, because you think about the things that as we age, we are going to lose memories of things, like sure, sure. you know. And that's really sad that whenever you get down to like the nitty-gritty of like how our brain works, how everything that we've ever known or seen or been is still in our brains, but we only access like 12% of it. So it's like really sad that you know, all these beautiful things have happened, and we're essentially Joel trying to chase them and say, "Don't take this one please away." Please don't go. And-
0: please don't go. Yeah, yeah. I it's it, beautiful. I had uh, the girl I dated in high school and college had made. Okay, so here's back to the crow because this is what I do. <laughs> she made a book, and on that book, uh, she you know hot topic. It was written in the crow font, and it mm-hmm. said, "It can't rain all the time."
1: Oh and yeah. And it was
0: like this black. It was this black book when she had taken all you know pictures of us and. Uh, all the movie stubs we had seen together and she had all this stuff Aww. written in it. And when we broke up, I threw it away. Yeah. And I like out of everything I've, you know, I don't really believe in regrets. That's either here nor there, but I regret hard throwing that away. Like, you should. I, I do so hard. Like it was, it's not like, you know, that was just a time in my life that is yeah. now just gone. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have
0: no memory. Like I have no physical memories of that anymore.
1: That's so funny. And what a what a generational thing, because my boyfriend at the time when I was watching Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, he and I had a long distance relationship okay. eventually because I went to I went I moved away to college. And he um and I, I, well, I made the book. I said, hey, let's get this, you know, this sketchbook and I'll write in it every day when I have it. And then I'll give it to you when I see you. And then you write in it every day and oh my give God. it back
0: You're to my me. favorite person in the world right <laughs> now.
1: And so anyway, I still have that book. I, I, um, I didn't part with it because he yeah. was a very important person in my life. Sure. Um, he was with me when my dad passed away and there's a lot of things. He was a graffiti writer. Like oh, okay. so he, he had okay. really cool art. And so I, you know, there, and I'm sure my husband, <laughs> I have a ton of journals and shit here at the house that I'm sure if he wants to have a field day with my brain, he could go through <laughs> yeah. I, and he's, he's more than fine to do that, you know, but, um, I still have that book, and it's so beautiful because, I, you know, we would cut out photos of each other and yeah. put them in there, and we would do, like, free writes and say, like, it's 2.30 in the morning, and I'm thinking about you. And That's exactly it was
0: just what such... this was. That's ex- you are yeah. exactly right. It's exa- and I, 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 yes, I regret it a lot.
1: Aww. But
0: it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, not to be Debbie Downer, but my number oh. one is oh a movie God. that uh, pretty much in, it made me want to write. Like this is the, this is the movie that inspired me to write uh, and to be creative and to not be tied down to anything. Like don't, you know, I'm for, I am not, not unfortunately, I'm very happy that I'm tied down. Let's put that into the universe. But for yeah. a long time, I didn't want to be tied down. I just wanted to be a free spirit and follow certain bands that I wanted to follow and do whatever. Uh, and this is the almost famous soundtrack.
1: Oh God. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: And it like this movie spoke to me on like it's it came out in 2000, 2001. So I'm graduating high school. I don't really have a plan. I've got a girlfriend, but I don't really have anything else but that. Mm -hmm. I'm working at Blockbuster, which I did for 13 years. Thank you very much.
1: Super hot.
0: Absolutely. I closed that (laughs) motherfucker down. I was there until the until the end. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So actually, Lux used to come into our shop.
1: Oh, that's
0: fine. Yeah, she she gave me her ID once, and I was like, "Are you?" And she goes, "Yeah." I was like, "Fair enough. All right. I'm sure you get that all the time." Have a good night.
1: That's fine. Uh,
0: so this movie, it was it's was my fantasy, right? Like, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write, and I wanted to, you know, live that rock and roll lifestyle, but without having any of the true talent that it comes with it, because I don't have any of those skills <laughs> at all but I can write like that's, that's yeah. what I can do. So that was, uh, I'm trying to think it was, there was, uh, the, who was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Allman brothers. I think, I feel like there's a Bowie one on there.
1: Elton John's on there. Yeah.
0: Uh, cat Stevens and yes, who on popular opinion, not a huge fan of yes.
1: That's all right. I'm not a huge fan of the who, so. Oh, really? Right. Uh, yeah, I don't like the who at all.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> All right. I'm more of a fan of The Guess Who. Does that count? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Rod Stewart. I'm actually looking at the list now. Uh, the Who, Todd Rundgren, yes, Beach Boys, Stillwater, which is the band from the movie. Yep. Uh, Rod Stewart, Allman Brothers, Skinner, Zeppelin, Elton John, Nancy Wilson, uh, Cat Stevens, and Thunderclap Newman, which I yeah. don't remember that song. But but either way, like that was you're I'm I think I was probably the same age as uh oh what's that actor's name the kid
1: yeah the main character yeah. oh, Cameron Crow.
0: it's it's it is basically Cameron Crow. yes yeah yeah and this is a Cam. we good call it's a Cameron Crow movie um so and I, I fell in love with Kate Hudson
1: oh yeah I did too how could you not that was her breakout moment it that was. was it
0: big time big time and just following that band around Jason Lee uh mm-hmm. clerks Ugh. and kevin smith
1: and jimmy fallon is in this jimmy movie. fallon
0: isn't that billy crudup uh plays uh, like them. billy crudup yeah yeah
1: i'm essentially in love with any actor who is a little scrawny and has <laughs> long hair so
0: <laughs> so steve buscemi does it for you
1: yeah ab- oh god yes <laughs> in airheads completely
0: oh my yeah. god deep fried taco number one was airheads <laughs> for me
1: oh my god yeah that's a great one yes to do.
0: yeah Oh, so good. <laughs> you know, he sings, you know, that Fraser sings that song. He I sings, didn't he know sings that. He sings Degenerated. Yeah.
1: That makes him hot. That That's was great. on my,
0: here you go. You know, when you went to MySpace and a song mm-hmm. would play? Yeah. Yeah, Degenerated.
1: Wow. The... We would have totally been each other's top eight. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. Without question. With uh, the Lone <laughs> Rangers. That's the wow. that The name of that band. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this was like, I, I couldn't have, it was soul crushing, but it was also uh, – it, it just gave you that sense um, where it's just like you got to believe in yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And when – I'm trying to – when Kate Hudson is messing around with Billy Crudup, right? Yeah. Like that's – th- and when he sees – Patrick Fugit, that's his name. When he sees that, like the dude is just destroyed. And I do like the guy. Is it from Rolling Stone where he's like, you can't be friends with them. Like you can't, yes. you can't be objective and be friends with them. And that's a, that's a struggle for him. So it, this was just like, it came out at the right time. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, graduating high school, no clear idea of what I wanted. And then this came out and I was like, that's what I want to do. And of course that's ridiculous. Because, <laughs> no, you know, it's not. I guess that's fair. That's fair. it, it that's that's a good point. It's not ridiculous. I do. I try to tell the girls, I was like, if you want to, you do whatever you want to do, but you got to work for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, that's what... it's, it's just not going to be handed to you. Right. So, but yeah, this is Almost Famous was a, a very special uh, soundtrack and movie
1: for me. On that too, on the whole idea of Cameron Crowe's character in that movie, what I think is the symbolism there for following your dreams is it's going to be a really rough road yeah it's going to take you know it's going to be hard work like you said but it's also you're going to every passion that anybody ever has literally anything you're going to you're going to be faced with a mirror at some point where you're going to go wow I had no this is blindsiding me I had no idea that this kind of Deception or this type of hurt Or pain or whatever it is Comes with passion but it really does Because it's the whole you know Buddhist saying of there is no joy without suffering Yeah And so you have to suffer through things To have your joy at the end unfortunately And then two That movie had a sophistication That Dazed and Confused didn't have It it,
0: Yes totally You know
1: yes, It's like a
0: grown up uh, I I don't want to say grown up but it's like a more mature Dazed and Confused
1: it is, yeah, it, and it it stylized even more. Like I feel like Cameron Crowe, probably if we talked to him, he would. And we asked him verbatim. We said, "Hey, did you watch Days and Confused before you made Almost Famous?" And you realized what was missing. Yeah, you know, yeah. He would probably say, "Absolutely." Like I d- wanted to make something that wasn't all comic. You know, there wasn't too much comical parts in it, but it was stylized in a way. Where through and through the me, what you see, feel, hear, s- smell, everything about that movie is totally seventies, and you are again transported back into those times. And this is a true story. It is, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's interesting you brought that up. So you know there is a pseudo sequel to Days and Confused.
1: Yes, I did, yeah. I, um, and it's called it's the Van Halen song, right? Everybody um, wants them. Everybody wants them. Yeah, and I haven't seen it.
0: It's all right. <laughs> Here's here's if you go into it and think of it as like a pseudo, it's the 80s version of Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Like, it's a you know, I played baseball as a kid and throughout high school. So it, it's kind of centers around, shockingly enough, a baseball team. Right. Much like Dazed and Confused. <laughs> right. So it's just it's kind of, you know, it's got Tyler Hoechlin who's actually uh, he's Superman now on the TV show. Oh. And he's like the main character, but it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a decent flick. So we've gone through our top five. Do you have any honorable mentions?
1: Um, I would put Clueless in there as honorable mention for okay. sure. Good call. Just mighty, mighty boss tones are in that movie. <sighs> and that part of my life, I was just getting into Scott. Yeah, and you were. Kind Of like, you know, that sort of, um, music i guess of that uh, in the 90s but also i would put on honorable mention the soundtrack for swingers
0: oh good which, call
1: which had cherry Pop and daddies yeah I think, yeah and, yeah yeah and so that whole zoot suit riot part of the 90s it was too the was Brian really Setzer fun. and
0: all those guys mm-hmm. what was the harvey oh they did flagpole sitta
1: oh harvey danger harvey
0: danger yeah that's a good good call that's a good one uh, and I guess for me, I think anything by Tarantino, I think any yeah. of those soundtracks, the the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack has really yeah. been uh, doing it for me recently. Yeah. Even with like the old <laughs> radio ads, uh, that, yeah. is, that has been my jam. And then honestly, the James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, uh, they play a song that I've only heard in St. Louis in Guardians 2. What is that? The scene, did you see Guardians before I... Yes. Okay. So the scene where you see young Kurt Russell riding through Missouri,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a song playing on the radio and it's one of those bands.
1: Like, like a regional famous band? It is band. a regional
0: famous band.
1: Was it like Ozark Mountain Daredevils? Like,
0: oh, see, now you've done and put me on the spot and I, let's see.
1: I've only seen it once, so I am i don't know what, it, but I can rattle off some, like, um, was it Pavlov's dog, Julia? uh <laughs> oh my
0: gosh you're you're like i feel terrible right now because i no. thought i had this up and i didn't uh lakeshore drive
1: oh yes uh, aliota haynes and jeremiah thank you
0: yes and that's the st louis song i don't yeah. think that gets played anywhere else
1: well it should get played up in chicago because they actually have lakeshore drive that makes
0: sense wouldn't it
1: <laughs> yes it would but it, yeah that song which is a reference to lsd yes. essentially yes so but yeah that's great i remember when
0: that <laughs> when he's cruising down the road. And I was like, what? There's no way this is being played right now. Like, yeah. of course he's driving through Missouri, which makes sense. And James Gunn <laughs> is from here. Like he's from St. Louis. So he has a lot of those old Casey songs oh, yeah. uh, set up. So this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, I it could, really has. I am so happy you were able to do this and you were not insanely busy, you know, cause you're the, what were you the 2014 like hottest DJ in the town?
1: Uh, and I yes. say, and I,
0: okay. I say hottest as like most popular.
1: I did. I okay. got that from the riverfront times, <laughs> the, um, that, which is so funny. That's like the only award I've ever really been given. And so it happened once and I was really excited, but I, I thought that they gave you like a plaque, but you, <laughs> but you know, what's unfortunate. You have to buy that plaque if you want it. And I was Are you like, serious? I don't wanna, yeah. I was like, I don't really want to buy
0: this, so I'm not going to. It's $500, if you would like recognition. It's $500, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it
1: all goes to the people that told you you were the best. Yeah, right, right, right.
0: So my comic shop, I used to go to a comic shop down here. And, of course, Star Clipper, which was right next to the RFT for a long time, would win every year. Uh And I was just like, bullshit, bullshit. It's not the best shop. And then my shop won once and then never won again. I was like, well, Well, we got one.
1: Wait a minute, you had a com- you have a comic book shop?
0: Well, I mean the one that I would frequent.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah,
0: yeah. I did work in one, shockingly enough, but yes. Mm. Uh, all right. So, we're going to wrap this up. Do you have anything you'd like to plug or where the the fine folks can find you on the interwebs?
1: Um, Well, I'll plug once again, my friend's comic book, because I think that he's excellent and maybe your audience would love him. Um, So look up Tyler B. Ruff and his comic is The Unforgiven. He's great. And then, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at learn versus radio, or you can follow me on Instagram at learn underscore FM.
0: And you have a podcast, yeah?
1: Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a new episode out today. Oh, um, yeah. My my podcast is called Live and Learn and you can get it wherever you get podcasts. However, I don't think you can get it on Spotify because I don't know how that works. <laughs> so because <laughs> I'm archaic and um, yeah, so it's a podcast. It's a conversational interview style podcast where I interview people in my life and periphery uh, people that are just fabulous that I find cool. And um, maybe I'll have you on there. Oh, Joe, my gosh. One day. I would
0: love I would love to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds we'll, fantastic. We'll set that up for a future. I Every other month is so I go male, female, male, female. Sure. I don't want any sex to dominate it. And um, so like right uh, March is going to be a female month, but maybe in uh, April, maybe I, we could get together. Yes,
0: without question. I will do cool. whatever you need me to do to make that happen. All uh,
1: right, cool.
0: Once again, you can follow us online at Real Spoilers. Uh, don't forget to join the League of Show Shares. You can talk about us. We'll post this there. Uh, and you can chime in with uh, how great her picks were, uh, how awful mine were. And uh, you can also follow me online at Joey Butts21 on Twitter. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, again, learn, thank you so much for taking the time. This was fantastic. You were an awesome guest. Thank you so much. Thanks,
1: Joe. I It was a pleasure meeting you through the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys, we'll talk to you later.
1: All right, bye. When we got no choice.